We are in week four of a five-week series called What Happened to Those? Uh, If you would like to listen to any of the previous messages, they're on our website. Uh, You can just go to newstantonchurch.com under the sermon section and find those. Today, we are going to ask, what happened to integrity? And I want to tell kind of a, a personal story to underscore why I think this is needed today. Uh, before I had my Ford Ranger, I drove a GMC Sonoma, and I bought that truck off of a local guy in Cory, Pennsylvania, who used to buy wrecked vehicles, fix them up, and sell them. Now, I know that sounds kind of risky, but uh, Vic was a lo- local guy. Uh, he was well-spoken of, and I had a buddy actually check out the vehicle before I bought it. He said it was a, a great truck. The story starts when I actually took the title to get transferred at the notary, and I don't remember what I paid for the truck, but I, I told the lady behind the desk how much I paid for the vehicle, and she asked me the question, what do you want to say you paid for it? And I, I didn't know what she meant. I said, well, I guess I want to say that I paid this because that's what I paid for it. And she said, well, some people say they paid less than that because you pay sales tax on that amount to the state. And I thought, this lady is a genius. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. I I said, well, no, no, no. I I just want to, I want to tell the truth. I want to, that's what I paid for it. And she looked at me, and there was like this weird, awkward silence. And she like waited to see if I would change my mind or something. And then she said, well, all right. And she kind of chuckled. I think it's tragic today that we are more shocked and amused by integrity than we are a lack of integrity. And maybe it's because in The lack of integrity is absolutely everywhere. You can turn on the news and see a lack of integrity every single time you turn it on. Maybe it's an athlete that gets caught doping. Remember when Lance Armstrong, when it came out that he had been doping his entire career? That shocked me. I had held him in such high regard. He was the sports icon, and it all changed overnight because he lacked integrity. Or, or maybe it's because of a politician who lacks integrity. And we, we almost laugh about that now because it's almost expected that a politician will lack integrity. There is something wrong with that. But you don't, you know, it could also or just as likely be some religious leader who lacks integrity, a priest or a minister, or an evangelist. It happens again and again. In fact, I'm willing to bet that most of you actually know a priest, or a minister, or somebody in ministry that was caught with a lack of integrity, because it is just so common. Let's define the term, just so we know what we're talking about. Integrity is when what you say you believe matches up with your actions. Integrity is when your actions actually match up with what you say you believe. And if those two things mesh, 
you have integrity. If they don't, then somebody's private life looks different than their public life. If what you say, what you believe, doesn't match up with your actions, your behavior with one group of people is one way, and when you're with another group of people, it's totally different. Now, to clarify, integrity is different than your reputation because reputation is how other people say you are. It's who people think you are. Integrity is who you really are. That's why parents can go to open house at school and the teacher will describe your child and you'll, you'll think, are we talking about the same kid? Uh, because sometimes reputations can be different because some kids act totally different at school than they do at home. And I'm sure some teachers are very thankful that they act different at school than at home. But my mind always comes back to what Jesus said about integrity and it, it's really what comes out of a person's heart, and it's who they really are, especially when no one is looking. Most normal people, I believe, want to be people of integrity. You want your actions and what you say you believe to mesh, to, ma to match up. We want our kids to be people of integrity. And at the end of the day, at the end of our careers, at the end of our lives, we want to be known as people who had integrity. And there's a great illustration of that in 1 Samuel chapter 12. Uh, you can just write that down if you want to look at the story later. But Samuel was a prophet, and he is at the end of his life. And he's at the end of his ministry. Uh, the scripture says that he was old and his hair was gray. And he asked the people of Israel this question. Testify against me in the presence of the Lord. If anyone has been wronged by me, if I have stolen, if I have cheated, if I have taken advantage of anybody, if I have taken a bribe, tell me and I will make it right. He so much wanted to make right. He so much wanted to be a person of integrity. He was willing to make any wrong right. But he was also confident that he had not done it, that he had been genuine his whole life. And the people confirmed that when they stated, you have not cheated or oppressed us in any way. Your, what you said you believe, who you said God was, was how you acted in our midst. And I wonder um, how many people today would stand up to that kind of a test at the end of their life. To say to people that are around you, the people you know, okay, free shot. You know, if I have offended anybody, if I have cheated anybody, if I have wronged anybody, tell me. And, and I will make it right. And I think everyone here would be pleased, proud, if those who knew you said, I've got nothing. You have always done what is right. With what you said, who, with your relationship with the Lord, you have always acted in accordance with that, with integrity. Personally, I feel, I feel a few people will probably tell me, Pastor Steve, we hated your cat jokes. Um, but that's okay. But what I hope people will say, even more so what I hope my kids will say, is that dad was the same at church as he was at home. He was the same when he was out hunting as he was in, in the workshop, as when he came to work every day. 
as a parent, often that, that's our prayer, isn't it? That we would model godly integrity in front of our kids. That our behavior and our beliefs would mesh perfectly. This morning, I want to read Psalm 15. It's a short psalm. There's only five verses in it. And David asked a question of the Lord. And he says, who may stand in your presence? Who, who can be with you? And the, the assumption is, like, without dying. <laughs> who, who, who can be in your presence? And God says, people of integrity. Let me read that psalm. Because we're going to look at Psalm 15 and then look at some blessings from having integrity and then what to do if there are any gaps in what we say and what we do. Psalm 15 says, Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right. Speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand forever. This psalm ends with, will stand forever. If you have the NIV version, uh, you will see that it says that people with integrity basically will never be shaken. In other words, if you live the word of God, if you live God's truth, you can stand now and forever without being shaken, without faltering, without regrets. It doesn't mean that everyone will always agree with you. That, that will never happen. It, it doesn't mean that you'll never be misunderstood because we're human and everybody makes errors sometimes. It doesn't mean that you won't be appreciated all the time for walking with integrity because some people won't appreciate it. But you will never be put to shame if you walk with integrity. You won't have regrets here are four benefits, four blessings that come from having integrity. There are more than four, but I'm going to just share four with you this morning. The first, if you're taking notes, you can walk closely with God. What David is asking is, who, who can be in your presence? Who can ascend this holy hill and get close to you? Who, who doesn't have to stand far off but can be brought near to God? The type of people that can have fellowship, God says, are those with integrity. As, as a parent, I kind of see this in, in parental terms. And if you, if you don't have kids, I think you can still appreciate as a son or a daughter uh, this truth. There, there's a, a desire as, as a Christian parent to, to raise your kids with godly values and principles, to treat one another fairly, to to love one another, as this, that scripture says, even when it hurts, even when it costs us to do the right thing. And if in your home or in the home you grew up in, if that happened, if you obeyed Christian principles, if you showed love, if you extended grace and forgiveness, things just went much smoother then. And, and, and people got along and people felt loved. 
But as soon as someone decides to say, I'm not listening to that. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I don't care if you told me not to hit my brother or not to hit my sister. I'm doing it anyway. Well, then th things get a little rocky in the home. And as a parent, you will always, always, always love your child. But you can get frustrated sometimes, and there can be a distance in that relationship if they are rebelling against you and rebelling against godly teaching. The same is true in our relationship with the Lord. If God says, show mercy, offer forgiveness, be bold with the truth, restore and we shake our fist in God's face and say, I don't care what you think. I don't care what your word says. I'm going to do it my way because I want to do it my way. God will always, always love us. But there's a distance in that relationship that is created. And things aren't always as smooth in life if we're going our own way. Because oftentimes God will let us go our own way and also suffer the consequences. He will always love us. He will always take us back. But it won't feel the same if we are rebelling against the Lord. The second benefit of having integrity is that you will have a roadmap for life. So much of the confusion and lack of discernment goes away if you have integrity. If you act one way with one group of people and act a different way with another group of people, you won't know whether you're coming or going or what to do because you can't please everyone. But if you are only concerned about pleasing the Lord, things get a whole lot simpler. You'll know what direction to go in life. This book really does contain the truth and how to navigate life, where we stand, who we are. I don't remember the situation that I was describing to my father, but when I was growing up, I, I, I was telling my dad something and I, he asked me what I was gonna do. And I said, I don't know, because it's complicated. And my dad, uh, I don't know if you've ever felt like that. You know, it's just complicated. You know, it's confused. Life is messed up. I'm not sure what to do. And my dad looked at me and, and he said, Steve, the truth is never complicated. Now, dad didn't know that he was preaching, but that's good preaching. The truth is never complicated. Your integrity will guide you. God will never lead you astray. His word truly is a light and a lamp, and it will show you which way to go. This book is a roadmap for life. Third benefit, blessing. You will have peace that comes from, as David describes, a sincere heart. If you speak the truth, if, you, if your actions line up with what you say you believe, you will have a peace in your heart. There is a calm that comes to your spirit knowing that your heart was in the right place and that you acted on your beliefs. You stood for the word of God. You stood for what you knew was right. And when you put your head down on the pillow at night, 
you will not be thinking, what if I get caught? What if so-and-so finds out? You won't regret, you won't toss and turn about things you have said or things you have done because there will be a peace knowing that from a sincere heart you acted with integrity. If you speak and do what is right, people will still take things wrong and that's regrettable. But you can have peace knowing that your heart was in the right place. Think about the flip side of that for a minute. You never hear of any, anybody losing sleep over doing the right thing. No one has ever said, I hope they don't find out I was honest. Keeping that promise is really going to hurt my business relationship. Nobody has ever said things like that because there is a peace knowing that you acted in accordance with the word and from a sincere heart. People will still misjudge you, but the Spirit's peace will remain. And then the fourth blessing, if you're taking notes, you gain trust and influence if you have integrity. You, you can't live like Psalm 15 encourages us to live without people learning to trust you and trust you, your word. They will be able to see what you say and what you do lines up entirely. If, if you work around people that don't know Jesus, you know that those people find you. They share their burdens. They ask for prayer. They ask your advice. Why? Because they can see that a believer is someone who has integrity. Someone who, who cares, who offers grace and forgiveness. Someone whose life matches up with what they say they believe. It, it just happens if you live according to biblical principles. If you're not a person of integrity, people will not trust you, nor will they ask your advice. Here are a few, like, Captain Obvious examples. If you beat your kids, people won't ask you for parenting advice. If you have been divorced five times, people won't ask you how to stay married for a lifetime. If you don't have integrity and people can see it, they won't care anything about what you say about Jesus. The question is, what's your integrity worth? Because there's this temptation, and all of us face it, to compromise. And people compromise it every single day. This is one of those, another one of those character flaws, I think, that's really hard sometimes to see in the mirror. But we need to be concerned about it because it really does change how people see Jesus in us. Jesus was harsh on the religious leaders of his day, more harsh than he was on those who were flagrant sinners. He was hard on those who lacked integrity. So the question is, what, what's your integrity worth? When we see rioters on TV that are taking things that don't belong to them, we, we get fired up. That's wrong. It, it's not right. But if we're willing to take something from work and use it at home, it's the same thing. And it becomes, whatever that object is, is the price of our integrity. The same guy who might be livid that somebody bought 
uh, poached this huge buck. Gets printed up in the game news and they're, they're irate is filling their wife's deer tag. Is it any different? That deer becomes the price of your integrity. If you're willing to falsify records to save the sales tax on the price of a vehicle, is that really different than a millionaire cheating on their taxes? Whatever you save becomes the price of your integrity. Some ladies get really creative. They'll, they'll buy an outfit and hide it for months. So that when their husband says, is that new? They can say, no, I've had it for months. I know guys, true story, that do the same thing with guns. No, it's not me. Um, but those things become the price of our integrity. And, and whatever that is hinders our ability to authentically show people Jesus. As a Christian, you damage your ability to witness and testify to the grace, the forgiveness, the love, and the goodness of God if we lack integrity. So if you lack integrity, if, if you talk to someone who lacks integrity, what advice, how can we narrow that gap from what we say and what we do? Three pieces of advice if you're taking notes. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to make your heart sensitive and obedient to his leading. All of us fall into habits, routines, and we need to ask the Spirit to reveal those gaps to us. Because I've done it, you've done it. You can ignore the Spirit's prompting and you fail to hear his voice. Ask the Spirit to make you more sensitive to his leading. Number two, if you can make amends without causing more harm, Apologize. A ask for forgiveness. That, that person you're talking to that you, you wronged might not trust you right away. But with time and consistency, doing the right thing, with your beliefs and your actions meshing, they will, you will build trust again. And just a, a note, if you have wronged someone and you ask forgiveness, you as the person who wronged someone needs to be patient with the person you have wronged. And I mean, and this is what I mean by that. When you ask forgiveness, that load of guilt and shame that you have been carrying is removed. And you will feel better immediately. But in a sense, in, in a way, you transfer that burden to the person you have wronged. And it takes time for them to forgive and deal with and process through the way that you hurt them. Be patient with them. Oftentimes, someone who asks forgiveness wants the problem to be gone immediately. I, I said, I'm sorry. I asked for forgiveness. You should forgive me. You're not Christian. They're just dealing with the fact that you had a lack of integrity and you hurt them. Give them time. Number three. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Matthew 5, 37 says, just say a simple yes, I will, or a no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. In other words, keep your word. When you say something, do it. If, if we do those three things, God can redeem the gaps in our integrity. 
our actions will line up if we are sensitive to the Spirit's leading. He, he'll restore relationships as we go to people and ask for forgiveness. And as we walk anew in God's ways, what we say, we believe, and what we do will mesh. And as a church, we will better show people Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you do a work in us this morning that only you can do? We, we want to be people of integrity. We want our kids to be people of integrity. We want what we say we believe to mesh with what we do. So God, if, if there are any gaps in our heart and in our lives, I pray, Jesus, that you would reveal those to us this morning. And that, God, we would do something about those gaps. That as you reveal those, we would apologize if we can do so without creating harm. And that we would move forward and let our yes be yes and our no be no. And, God, I pray that you would bring healing to relationships and and marriages. And I pray that, God, that through that restoration, you would be glorified. And God, it's, we, kinda, we kind of hide sometimes thinking, I was wrong and I'm ashamed. But God, in that genuine forgiveness, repentance, and confession, you are glorified so much. In fact, it's, it's when we admit that we're sinners that we can accept your grace and your forgiveness. And as we keep praying this morning, I want to, I just want to ask, are you following Jesus? So many people are wearing so many different masks. They're different with this group of people than they are with that. And the, the problem might be that you just don't know the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. That, that his word doesn't live in your heart from a personal relationship with him. If you want to be closer to God, if you want to live according to his word and you want that peace, it might start with simply asking him to be your Lord and Savior, to, to, to put his spirit inside of you. So this morning, if, if you'd like to invite him in, in, your, in the silence of your own heart or out loud, would you pray the prayer on the screen with me? Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. Forgive the gaps in what I'm starting to believe and what I do. Make me new. I believe Jesus died for me so I could live for you. Take all of my life, it's yours. Fill me with your spirit. Give me your peace, guidance, and truth. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine, in Jesus' name.